what's going on can we keep it real podcast man how is everybody doing thursday's edition december 17th i'm gonna try to get an episode out every sunday you know to keep it consistent and i'll also drop a few during the week at times there goes too much time where i just don't do anything in between you know whether I'm busy, just not feeling like talking, man, but, yo, what's going on, everybody, man? Let's look at New York City, man, the police department. It's crazy how, you know, over the summer, we've seen so many police officers that had enough time in, enough time to claim their pensions, you know, a lot of them were retiring, but now, police officers were under five years in New York City that are serving, they're bouncing, man, they're like, I'm out of here, we're gonna talk about that coming up next, we're gonna talk about a Grimsley discovered that they found over in Central Park, and yo, we might as well stick with NYPD, right, NYPD's finest, check this out, COVID tests are not mandatory for NYPD. That's actually a big precedence because they're not going to force people to take the vaccine, but they definitely going to force companies to try to mandate that their employees take the virus. And with NYPD being first responders, that's pretty, pretty tough and one other thing i want to go how immigration loses a bid to put a child predator a kid slayer behind bars the local prison in california refused to turn him over to the federal immigration and cut him loose we'll talk about all that up next can we keep it real podcast we'll be right back What's going on? We back, man. Thank you for listening, man. Don't forget, check out other episodes. Can We Keep It Real Podcast Network, man. But it looks like dozens of fed up NYPD offices. They're bouncing. The department to go work. They're going to greener pastures, right? They said it ain't about the money. They'll get less pay. But in the long run, it'll probably pay off for these guys. You know, not everybody is happy with this decision, but at least 50 NYPD officers young in their career with about five, they all have about five years or less time on the job. Well, with a lot of anti-cop climates going on all around the country, but officers in the city especially, and you know, let's face it, NYPD, as far as police officers get paid, always been an underwhelmingly paying job but it looks like 50 now former of nypd's finest if you want to call them many who had less than five years on the job they're jumping ship they're out of there even though it meant like i said taking a shorter pay but they said in the short term it'll all work out down the line they said they're going to a department where they will be better appreciated by the community by the local politicians and the district attorneys 
whoa, stop that train right there. So you're saying that the DAs in New York City don't respect the community? Come on. You're saying that the politicians don't appreciate what the NYPD's finest does for their community? I mean, come on. Say it ain't so that people don't think highly about police. They still value their job. They want to protect innocent people. They said we want to go somewhere where protecting innocent people and property over criminals. In New York City, you can't do that. You can't protect people and property over criminals. That's a deep, deep statement right there. That's like New York City, de Blasio, people have been watching his admin for a minute. There's been so many suspect things going on under de Blasio's watch. I mean, despite the initial salary cut, the newly minted Nashua cops, they're going to end up making, like I said, more money in the long run. And that pretty much sweetened the deal for these 50 officers. How many other officers are going to jump ship? Now, we already heard NYPD was retiring at such an alarming rate that one police plaza in New York had to, like, er, put the brakes on, stop that ship, stop that train. I mean, a lot of people said this exit was not an overnight decision. Nashua County last held an entrance exam in January of 2018, and they are still drawing from the list, according to the recruiting site. So they're saying a lot of these police officers that went to New York City was originally on the list. So the ex-city cops took the plunge in the wake of the widespread anti-police protest, restrictive laws, and look at all the funding cuts the NYPD went through, right? So over the summer, like I said, cops were retiring at such a fast pace. NYPD had to like put the brakes on it. They capped the rate in which you could even retire. So you can't even retire without them telling you so. Some of these officers who put in enough time to claim their pensions, they should have the right to bounce, right? They should have the right to retire, I mean, there's too many videos, like out in Staten Island, how the police officers are handling different types of things. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't hate the police, but but I hate the way that, that some of these police be like, you know, military tactics, dressing military. They go in the neighborhoods where they don't need that type of police. Like some of these suburban neighborhoods, like, like you see, North Kingstown, you know, places like that, around the... the Around the college, it gets rowdy, all right. But some of these places, Narragansett. Yo, what's going on? CWKIR Podcast Network. We're going to be right back in just a moment. So don't go nowhere. More right after this. You want to be a guest on the show? Hit me up. Can we keep it real? 40 at gmail.com. Listen, not everybody is happy about this. I mean, the ones that put enough time in to claim their pension, aye, so be it. But these officers that are at the early stages of their career, 
meaning that the loss will be felt longer within the NYPD and that the city has gotten less return on the money it invested in training these offices. Some states have like a municipality training academy, you know, for the whole state. Rhode Island has that, but, you know, Rhode Island is a lot smaller than some other states. I mean, but a lot of, a lot of, you know, high-ranking officers in New York City are saying, look, we trained these guys. We invested millions of dollars hoping they would be around at least 20-plus years. An officer out of Manhattan was heard saying, he said, that money, the experience, they just flushed it right down the toilet, walked out the door, putting more of a drain on the budget nightmares that we are already having. But you know what? NYPD, a lot of low morale within the ranks. The Department of Homeland Security over the summer actively tried to really porch a lot of these NYPD officers. They really tried to like see them like, yo. And another division of Homeland Security tried to poach a lot of these dudes. So Pat Lynch, the president of the Police Benevolent Association Union, he's pointing the finger, right? Um... At an, on the pot that the city don't want to pony up for qualifying cops. They don't want to pay for good cops. So, of course, they're going to lose. And we they're continuing to lose trained, experienced police officers that are going on in Nashua County and other departments where they can earn pretty much up to 70% more because <laughs> another sign, right, that New York politicians don't care jack about improving policing in New York City. And it's a lot of places that they don't care. They just want to put them out there like cattle. They don't care about improving the police department. It is what it is. They want fewer cops on the street. And their refusal to pay police fair market wage. And that's exactly what they are getting. We might as well stick around and, you know, keep throwing a little more jabs at New York's finest, right? But it looks like COVID-19 vaccine is not mandatory for NYPD members, said Commissioner Shea. He announced that the department's expected to receive the first shipment pretty much in a few weeks. You know, should first responders be mandatory to have the vaccine, right? But the city's top cop, the Tom Selleck of NYPD and also the head surgeon Dr. Eli Kleinman chief of personnel of Mont Morales they're going full stream preparing for the arrival of the vaccine working with the state of New York city department of health and they're expecting this vaccine to hit the department by either the end of December or the beginning of January Right now, they're probably getting more, you know, the important people. Um, I guess police are not that important. They could wait, you know, but um, they're saying it ain't going to be mandatory. You don't have to take it. But it'll be a similar to the flu. Uh, Mayor de Blasio said that it will not be required. He said, but he did reserve the right, say not at this point. Uh, because for now, the approach really is to focus on education. They really wanted people to buy into the vaccine. They don't want people to feel forced that they had to take it. Um, one detective said that, you know, somebody like him who really never gets sick and you want to force him to take something that could get him sick. He said, hell, F into the no. 
He said, I don't even take the flu shot. So if I don't take the flu shot, I damn sure am not taking this shot. I went through this pandemic and I'm still surviving. Detective Shea said the other day he was one of them to really comment publicly on a lot of this stuff. Uh, But NYPD just wants people to focus on getting information, getting educated about this. And pretty soon you're going to be able to go walk in over the counter and get a COVID-19 test. That's pretty banging. A nasal swab. And a near instant result. Like, tell me this stuff isn't going to be around for a while, man. We'll talk about this on the other side. What's good? We back, man. It's going to be a first at home. Virus self-test. You are right with that? You rock with that? Well, the FDA on Tuesday approved the first over-the-counter COVID-19 test involving a nasal swab that you get just about instant results, yo. That's what's up. By authorizing a test for over-the-counter use, the FDA allows it to be sold in places like drugstores, Walgreens, CVS, all that stuff, all that good stuff, right? You can buy it, swab the nose, run the test, and find out the results in about... 20 minutes that's right commissioner of the food and drug administration said on the website that today's authorization is a big milestone in diagnostic testing for COVID-19 yeah it's a milestone for someone selling them tests they gonna make some money but the agency already approved more than 25 at home consumer coronavirus tests so this is a big big market But up until now, the collected samples really had to be sent away to a lab for results. So they're pretty much, they're balking that this company, Illum, makes the new completely at-home test. We're going to have to check out their stocks, see what this company did. I bet their stocks are about to bang them. So this test, like others, is less sensitive, less specific than other molecule tests that are running a lab. So they're pretty not going to be as accurate right but the fact that it can be used at home and return results quickly means that it can play an important role in the pandemic some are saying i mean now you already know sooner or later right joe and cam right they're gonna really get the new covid19 vaccine really they probably already got it but for security reasons We should let them get vaccinated right first and see what happens to them. You know, use them as the test dummies. Um, I mean, is he going to be protected as he enters the presidency? Is he going to enter the presidency? I mean, a lot of crazy stuff going on. But the first at-home test, I mean, a lot of crazy, crazy things are going on. Oh, and you know what they discovered in Central Park? A man appeared, right, to cut his own neck off with a damn hacksaw under Central Park's Glade Arch. You know, the famous arch in Central Park. I think they had a Home Alone scene with the pigeons there. But a dude was running. You know, he woke up, figured he'd start jogging. He never thought what he would discover as he comes around the arch, right? The arch sits under 
at 79th Street and East Drive, pretty much right near a playground. 10 a.m., he's running, jogging. Bang, he runs into it, right? He sees a dude, hacksaw in his left hand, head hanging the hell off. But based off the wounds that he had, it appeared that this dude really tried to saw his own damn neck off. Crazy, crazy. You never know what you're going to see in New York, right? The city that never sleeps. Well, an investigation said there was no foul play. That's right. The dude just cut his damn neck off. That's crazy, crazy, crazy shit. And how surprising is it? How surprising is it that Facebook, Twitter, they poured hundreds of thousands of dollars into Joe Biden's presidential campaign? And we already know that Twitter worked his butt off to block that big story about Joe Biden's son, Hunter, the overseas shady business dealings. I mean, accusations that President Trump was talking about and other Republicans that the powerhouses over in Silicon Valley was consensing conservative voices. They were making a big push for companies to lose their liability protections. And now you got a review of the Federal Election Commission records that show on Facebook Vice President of Public Policy and Chief Privacy Officer Aaron Egan donated almost as much as a million dollars to Biden and other Democrats in the final weeks of this race. Egan donated the maximum of 2800 to the former vice president on September 8th and again on October 1st and then another 55000 for the Biden Victory Fund, another 35000 for the Democratic National Committee. It looks like a lot of these Biden websites donations were spread out all from executives at Twitter and Facebook. Biden's Victory Fund is a joint fundraising effort part of his campaign the DNC and the 47 state parties that helped defeated Trump. Facebook's chief financial officer David Weiner donated about 2800 apiece to Biden's campaign. Uh, also to Democrat Amy McGrath. She lost against uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell in Kentucky. But all these payments came the final weeks. David Fisher, Facebook's uh, revenue officer, donated 2800 to Biden's bid as well during the primary. Another $750 during the general election. And you could find all of this because it's all public record in the FEC record where they record all this stuff. Fisher also donated tens of thousands of dollars to challenges in other key races, including Jamie Harrison. Um, He ran against Cincy Graham and lost. I mean, any successful senator that was on the Democrat got a donation as far as Arizona, Colorado. So many Facebook vice presidents and Instagram chief financial officers donated up to $2,800 apiece. And that is the maximum you can donate. At Twitter, dozens, dozens of senior employees also donated exclusively to Democrats and Biden. Twitter VP Dorella donated $2,000 to Biden's campaign back in September and doing it again towards the closing weeks. 
senior director of product management, James Clem. They were all, I wouldn't even call them donations. These were payouts. These were payoffs. They had no choice but to do this. Representatives from Twitter, Facebook, and the Biden campaign, they're not going to respond to requests for comments. They were all in on this together. How many people posting Trump information were getting blocked? And then you had the White House, their press secretary, um, what, what, what's her name? That Kayla lady on Tuesday, she criticized a lot of the mainstream media for insisting that, that the hunt, the Biden scandal was Russian disinformation. Until when? Until last week when the president-elect's son is now the subject of a federal tax probe. I mean, how many newsrooms had dramatically changed their tune after ignoring... Remember when New York Post expose in October? I think Ted Cruz was out there on his social media talking about it. And now, look, they're at the... Even Biden, they're all at the center of a federal probe. This pre-election stuff, this post-election coverage. Hunter Biden scandal was not even covered by many of the news outlets... You had a New York Times headline that said Trump said to be warned that he was being given Russian disinformation. So now you got both these companies under fire. All the executives gave gave big, big money. October 15th, you had the New York Times headline that said basically Trump was warned that he was being given Russian disinformation about Hunter Biden. Now, here we are in December, a few months later. Investigation of Hunter Biden. Huh? Wasn't that talked about a few months ago? It's really interesting, right? The turn of events. Look at the people who covered the story all along, right? Hunter Biden. Disclosed last week that he is under federal investigation for possible tax fraud with a report saying the Justice Department is examining his overseas business dealings. A lot of people said that his father was involved in that. You know, so a lot of crazy stuff's going on. Facebook, Twitter, you know, taking big, big payouts. Records are showing Facebook vice president donated up to a million dollars to Democrats and Joe Biden in the final weeks of the race. Every Facebook and Twitter executive was donating up to 2800 to Joe Biden. And now look, it just keeps growing. China's tapping into American cell phones through the Caribbean mobile phone networks as part of its spy efforts in the United States. Oh, it just don't stop the vulnerabilities in the global telecommunications network, right? We need to get that on track. Imagine the people that are intercepting our communications... I mean, the stuff that's traveling abroad, the information we have out there, all these apps that come from all over the country, we don't even know where they are. We allow operators secret information because they ask us. We type our social security number in to any website that says, please enter your social security number. I mean, a lot. I mean, uh, attempts by China going far enough. Where is our future? What has Congress been doing? Have they been made aware of public 
you know, mobile network vulnerabilities for years. They know about this. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff, man. You know, look at the world. Uh, a delivery driver, 25 years old, he gets shot on his way to make a food delivery in Manhattan. He got stuck in the crossfire of some gang war that was going on. I mean, the Basio saying that already 73 New York City healthcare workers received their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, out of the initial rollout at five hospitals, um, he declared that the city's vaccination efforts will move very fast. 42,000 doses of the vaccine are expected to be available Tuesday at 42 public and private hospitals across New York. Uh, they said they begin the work of ensuring the vaccine reaches as many New Yorkers as possible. They referred to the vaccine as a shot of hope. It's a reminder that the war against coronavirus will soon be over. Yeah, right. I don't think so. Two-dose vaccine developed by Manhattan-based drug maker and German company BioNTech is the first federally approved coronavirus vaccine. The largest vaccination efforts in American history officially got underway Monday as the first shipments of the vaccine arrived at locations across all 50 states. So, don't let them kid you. We'll have more on this coming up. The vaccine, you got it. It's in all 50. You're going to get it? You're going to get it? Is it safe? Is it effective? Are there going to be chances of being cleared? Are they going to use it for emergency use? I mean, there is a 54-page report from the FDA affirmed that the biotech firm finding that the vaccine is about 94% effective and poses no safety concerns that will prevent them from granting it as an emergency use authorization. So, 94%. Are you the 6%? We'll be back with more. Can we keep a real podcast?